Hello and welcome to Outdoors in Scotland. I'm John Burns and this is my podcast for outdoor folk. Um, it's, uh, well, the end of February here in the Highlands. And I have to say, to describe the weather we've had this winter as mixed doesn't really cover it. You know, it's it's sort of one minute's a howling gale and uh, the next minute we do. We have had snow, but it's come and gone. And uh, I don't know whether that's the, the shape of things to come but as outdoor folk up here, but I've never seen so many weather warnings. <laughs> they, they, they seem to be telling you uh, they're not very useful, though. I think you should just say, you know, wear an overcoat. That would be a lot better than uh, windy and wet. But anyway, anyway, I, I'm talking today. My guest today has written a guide to, I think, one of the, uh, I don't know, a, a sort of iconic hills of of England, Englandshire in uh, in Derbyshire, uh, Kinder Scout, which I think has. Uh, a place in sort of the walking communities are uh, far bigger than its altitude. But I'll let I'll let uh, my guest talk about her new book about Kinder Scout and tell us a little bit about this this um, unique hill, really. Um, so my guest is Sarah Lister. How are you, Sarah? Very well, thank you. Great. Now, you've written a book about about Kinder Scout and about 12 sort of is it 12 tell 12 walks you picked out as great walks there's 15 in there 15 sorry i didn't count them properly there you go <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know kinder scout tell us about it what what tell, where is it and what's it like <laughs> so it's in the peak district in what we call the dark peak and that's because of the gritstone geology here and it's just this amazing plateau that you can get up to from various points there's villages surrounding it including Edale and Hayfield and you can also get up here from Snake Pass and it's a it's a steep climb but relatively short compared to most other mountains and once you're up there you can just walk for miles on this amazing plateau and as you're walking if you walk around the perimeter then you'll experience these amazing rocky outcrops and these gritstone boulders, which you can clamber on. And if you then walk into the plateau, then you'll be experiencing what we call gruffs and hags. <laughs> and you'll get probably very wet feet <laughs> if you're walking across a moorland environment. And up there, there's a organization called Moors for the Future Partnership and they've restored a lot of the erosion and plant life that had disappeared due to various things like the Industrial Revolution and it's it's magnificent up there now because there's lots of mosses and heather and that's attracting more wildlife so while you're up there especially in spring and summer then you'll see all sorts of different plants as well and occasionally a mountain hare or a grouse and it's just full of surprises and as we were just discussing it's all the different types of weather you get up there as well it has its own sort of weather system and it can come over really misty and suddenly you're in the clag and you're having to get your map and compass out <laughs> or it might be a beautiful sunny day and you might find yourself getting very sleepy while you're perched on your rock having your coffee or flask of tea and I just think it's a 
it's like a whole day of adventure up there. You can, there's so much to explore. Yeah, it's, it, 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 I think it's pretty unique, really, because um, the the gruffs and hags, you, you were calling them, they're, they're like, uh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen uh, anything quite like it, any Britain mountains in Britain. They're like mini ridges. Is that perhaps the best way of describing them with a, a little dip in between them? And in my experience, they make, they make navigation uniquely challenging because you can't see over the top of them. Is, is that a fair description, you think? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, some people might describe them as trenches. <laughs> yeah, I think it just depends depends on your attitude. You know, some people might find it really frustrating, but you can have a lot of fun. If the weather's not too bad, you know, you can have a lot of fun. And if you know where you're going, um, but obviously you don't want to be tramping around there too much because it does cause a lot of erosion to be just treading around in them. But it is it is quite fun to to have a look at them and see what's going on. And more to the future, have done a great job as well of gully blocking to keep the water because you know we want we want a wet environment up there. Yeah, yeah. So you might you might see these gullies, and some of them are made of stones, some of them are made of, of plastic. There's all sorts of different types. Some are heather bales, and that is to keep the water up there. So you you find all sorts of curious things. And when I first went up there, I had no idea what these things were. But by living in Edale in the village and yeah. going on, sort of getting to know Peak Park and more to the future, and going on some of their walks and talks, it's just amazing. Because like we were saying before, it it does feel like it's quite wild up there especially if you're there in the wind and the rain and you're seeing some wildlife but actually it's a very carefully managed um mountain and once you get to know what all those things are and how it all works as part of the ecosystem and prevents uh flooding or at least uh, hopes to prevent flooding in the future um there's a you know there's it's just fascinating yeah it's it i mean is uh, presumably uh, the summit of the mountain was what one time forested. Is that right? I mean, this is that would be a very very long time ago. Yeah, I mean, thousands of years I mean, ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, now you own you just yeah you you see the odd the odd tree, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. you know it's there's no yeah there's no woodland or forest up there. There's a few trees as you're going up. So if you're yeah. walking along, it's like along Grindsbrook, for example. Yes, yeah. You'll see very very few trees. Um, so yeah, if if you're looking for for woodlands, Kinder Scout isn't your place. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It's, no. it's a place. It's a place to go for a moorland environment that's really open, and you can see you can see the horizon, and that's what I love about it. You go up there, and you get a visual, a visually different perspective. But I think it can also actually give you a different perspective on life because you're you're getting up above and sometimes there's even a cloud inversion uh there was one maybe a week yeah last weekend and so you're literally above the clouds and you're looking down and that is just magnificent that is one of the best experiences you can have on kinder scout is to be surrounded by a cloud inversion yeah i mean i suppose one of the things that strikes me is that it is you know the it is the most significant hill around for a very large population, you you know you've got the big population uh, blocks, sort of areas of Sheffield and Manchester, and and for walkers, I think I suppose a lot of folk when they're starting walking, they'd make for Kinder Scout, and that gives it 
puts it in people's memory, I think, makes it stand out. You think that's fair? I do, but I also think that there's a lot of people who are really scared of going up there because of some of the stories that you hear from Mountain Rescue, for example. I think, so, especially if people are going up there on their own. And oh, right. So I think for people who are quite confident with navigation skills, I think, and for people who run and who are quite comfortable with the environment, they think it's great. Then there's other people that come here and have no idea what to expect. So they're going up thinking, yeah, you know, we're going to have a great day. And most of the time they probably find their way. They might get a little bit lost. Then there's another group of people and I'm finding, particularly with women who are wanting to walk on their own. And it can be really quite scary to go up there because they're just not sure of the environment. They haven't got the navigation skills and they've mm -hmm. perhaps heard these stories of people getting lost or, yeah, of um, the weather changing. And yes, it yeah. is, you know, they're very, they're as with any mountain um, or even, you know, even some of the hills in the dark peak, that can happen anywhere. <laughs> you know, you can oh, get yeah. cold and risk of hypothermia. And I just always carry everything that I, you know, that I think I need because I, I've been caught out up there, you know, with, with clag or with it being much colder than I've expected yeah, before, yeah. I, before I became a Hill and Moreland leader, before I had an awareness of the, a greater awareness of the risks. I mean, I used to go up there being pretty clueless and, yeah. you know, why would you be until, <laughs> until you get caught out or until you find out what you need to take with you. So I just, I always just take everything I, I think that I will need if the weather does change. Yeah, I think um, I suppose that's right. I hadn't really thought about that because it is. It's although it's um, a relatively small hill, really. It it is quite a serious hill, particularly if 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 you're crossing the plateau in in bad weather. Uh, you really do need to have fairly good navigational skills. I think uh, if absolutely. You stick, if you stick to the handrail, which is sort of rather the. Um, the, the the path that goes around the periphery of the uh, of the plateau it's a different ball game but once you cross inside you know as I was you know we spoke about before you know I, my my first introduction to kinder was a, the first day of the Pennine Way when it was pouring with rain and um, the ground beneath us just turned to 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 liquid slime is probably the best way to describe it this, this is years ago before the footpaths and the erosion was was tackled in the early days and we were sinking to our knees and collapsing forward under our rucksack and i have to say mm -hmm. i was very glad to get off kinder scout in those days but actually <laughs> the, you know since then i um, visited it in lots of different weathers and and it is a really fascinating little hill um Although it can be, it can be a bit tricky. <laughs> yes, definitely, and it really provided a, a, the perfect landscape for me to train as a hill and moorland leader, because it was so. You know, it, not only was it on my doorstep, right. but it's it's just there's so many different routes, and you can go up in all sorts of weathers, and you can try all sorts of navigational mm -hmm. tricks to yeah. you know to get yourself lost and have to get yourself out of it, and navigating the gruffs and yeah. It's um yeah, and it's re it's really enjoyable to. And the thing is that once you do have those skills, I, I don't think you need to be really advanced necessarily. I think as long as you can just get yourself back to the mm. back to the edge and keep yourself warm, they're the main things. You know, to head south to get back to 
uh, Edale to get back yeah. to the southern edge, then you're fine. And you know, you know, when you get to the edge, whether you turn left or right, and whether you're going to go down Jacob's Ladder or down the Nab, it's. I think as long as you know, as long as you can get yourself out of that, because people get disorientated, you know, amongst like the wool packs, which are a bunch of amazing boulders and if you start wandering around there and the clag comes in and you spin around a few times you can get really <laughs> everything, everything just looks the same in the clag and Absolutely, and then if you yeah. and then if you start panicking if you start going <laughs> i don't know where to go then you might find yourself going completely the wrong way heading heading north or heading right towards the edge and yeah so it's and i think it's really worth learning those skills because it gives you then so much more freedom to explore kinder well yeah and there's also um it's got its own in in in, in well if we ever get um cold winters again but in the cold weather it, it, it it's even got its own little ice climb hasn't it kinder downfall yes yes exactly so and in in the winter if we do get some snow we haven't really had that much um right this right. winter but when we do get snow, it's it completely transforms. I just can't yes. believe it when I'm stood up there. I just cannot believe how different it looks. And like you say, then it attracts a different crowd of people who suddenly don't have to go to Scotland to get an ice climb in. <laughs> they can head yes. to Hayfield and get to the downfall. <laughs> it's very short, I have to say, but it's there sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 quite an incredible place. And and so, what you, you, when you chose your 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 fifteen walks, then what 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 we what sort of aspects of you know what kind of walks were you looking for? Well, I was partly guided by Vertebrate, the publisher. They initially gave me a sort of list of right. several walks. And initially I was going to stick to that. I was quite nervous. I, I'm not, I'm not an experienced guidebook writer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I initially, I initially thought I'm just going to stick to what they, what I think they want and treat it like a process. But then I had a meeting with the managing director and we sat down and he said, actually, you can just do whatever you want. Like you've got complete freedom to choose the walks that you think provide right. the best. I mean, they said they wanted it to be good for families. They wanted some walks in right. there right. that right. weren't massive days out, you know, loads of like navigation. And so accessibility, not, I don't mean accessibility in terms of like push chairs and uh, wheelchairs, but accessibility to families who just want to come here for a pleasant walk for an hour or two so I had that in mind but then I also wanted to offer something to people who do want a bit more of a challenge and maybe get a bit of a taste for it so that's yeah. I got I got into it initially I was I was extremely nervous and I wasn't sure how much freedom I had but then after a quick chat I felt really reassured and I sort of gave myself the permission to have more freedom with it and the more that I walked and spent time up there and I also put, I tried in my mind I tried to put myself in the position of someone who was walking up there for the first time or right. had only been up there a couple of times so I tried to look at kinder with a fresh perspective because I've been walking and running up there for a few years now 
So I wanted to go back to thinking about what it was like for me when I first went up there, what would be enjoyable, what, and also to bring in the aspects of the, the wildlife and to encourage people to look out for kestrels and to look out for the mountain hares. Because if you're too busy talking with people, which is, you know, it's a great day on the hill going out and having a laugh and having a chat, but you can miss a hell of a lot if you're just chatting with somebody. So I encourage people to just sit and to look and to see what's going on around you. And for some people, they may have never seen a kestrel before. Mm -hmm. They may have never seen a mountain hare. So I've tried to, and also like the golden plovers you get up there in the spring. If you're, if you sit quietly on one of the high points, that's all you can hear. If it's not windy, that's all you can hear other than the aircraft going over to Manchester and back. But you can have such a peaceful day up there in low wind. Yeah. Yeah. So there are presumably some walks that start from Edel, which is the, uh, I suppose uh, that's in the Hope Valley, isn't it? That's, that's a, a really lovely little village where, where the Pennine Way starts. And I suppose a lot of people will know Kinder, and it was certainly my introduction when I started the Pennine Way. So have you got walks that start and finish there? Uh, hopefully at the pub. <laughs> yeah, I have to say that I have included a lot for Meadale, partly because I live here, but yeah. also because of the accessibility and the facilities. I mean, we've, we've got a train that the yeah, Hope Valley yeah. Line train that rolls in between Sheffield and Manchester. So it's just ideal. Parking is quite a big issue, especially at weekends and in the holidays right, in Edel. Right. We do have a quite a big car park, but it's so popular here that it is a bit of an issue. So the train is a really good option. Right. So, yeah, and then we've got in Edel, there's two pubs that, yeah, have really great food and all sorts. And then we've got, uh, two cafes, the Penny Pot and Newfold Cafe, which are just absolutely brilliant. So everyone here is so well catered for. Right. So it's like, we, you know, we, whether you're heading off or whether you're coming back down, it's Edel is really ideal. And I think Hayfield is really good as well. But yeah. you've only really got, yeah, you've only maybe got a couple of options of going up there. Yes. Um, and then... The Snake Pass, I think it used to be good because there used to be a pub there, but that's now shut down. And the traffic along there is really bad. It's it's really quite, it really does feel quite dangerous. Right, so I only did, Sorry, I only that. wrote one walk from the Snake Pass. Right, the Snake Pass, just to get some people know, uh, basically, uh, if, if you head north over Kinder, um, you will arrive at the, 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 so the, uh, the main, the A road that takes traffic uh, over over the Pennines, which is the State Pass. Um, I, I, it's a shame the pubs. What was it called? The Sun or something? I can't remember that. That that. Uh, there's also the a, Snake Inn. The Snake Inn, of course. That's right. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there's also um, oh, there's also a campsite at uh, at Edale, isn't there? So you've yeah, made... there's a couple here. Yeah, there's um, there's there's the one at Newfold. Oh, right. Well, in fact. There's also one over at Upper Booth. So Edale's made up of these different booths. So as you right. walk through the valley to get up, you're you're walking through these booths. And yeah, there's a National Trust one at Upper Booth. There's quite a big campsite there and you can camp next to the river, which is really beautiful. And then you've got Field Head, which is right in the village centre and Newfold. Yeah, and that's all I mean, been done up. 
I think one of the things I liked about Kinder when I used to go walking there, I actually did go back after the penalty away, surprisingly enough. Um, <laughs> Brave. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it, that actually the, you, you've got a lot of options for walking there. You can almost make it as challenging or as an easier day as you, as you like, really, because mm. there's, there's, there's a really good path network around there that you can follow, which I think uh, I think makes it uh, a, a great place for sort of all kinds of abilities of walkers, really. Uh, I think perhaps that's what you've tried to bring out in your book, I think. Yeah, exactly. There's so many different routes. And then you can also connect it up with what we call the Great Ridge, which some people will know Mamtor. And then there's a, mm. a whole ridge that sort of connects up with Russia Hedge, and that leads to Brown Knoll. And then on to Kinder Scout. So yeah. <laughs> you can actually do like a whole, you can do a whole skyline. You can yeah. cover yeah. the southern edge of, or most of the southern edge of Kinder and then hop onto the ridge. Yeah, there's all, there's so many options. And that's why I live here because <laughs> it's adventure on your doorstep, literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're bringing back uh, those names you mentioned, places, not, not that I've forgotten. Mm. You're reminding me of all that walking. Here's a here's a question for you. How does it get the name Kinder Scout? Do you know? I've got it. <laughs> I have to refer back because I have looked at this before, but I'll tell you which book is really good on information like that. It's um, the South Yorkshire Moors book by Christopher Goddard. Oh, he right, talks okay. a lot more. He references things like that, where like some where names come from. Um, someone did ask me that recently, and um, I think there was a bit of information on because it is it is quite an unusual an unusual name, isn't it? Really? Uh, yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And like you said, it's quite memorable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 It, uh, that's one of the things that living in Scotland, you see, that most of the name, hill names are all Gaelic. So I, I'm, my Gaelic is is in non-existence. So I don't really understand most of the <laughs> hill names. But Brown Knoll or something like that, you can kind of visualise what that where, where that that where that uh, that that place name came from, can't you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. And, and you it's go just over. the colour of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, of course, further north, you've got places like Bleaklow and things like that, which are, which are uh, well, uh, I think if you're reading into Moorland, you know, those are the places to go, aren't they? <laughs> definitely. Yeah, and again, it, that's on the Pennine Way and it, and it connects up with Kinder, so you can, yeah, you can have a really great few days here and do some multi-day hiking as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so you've got, uh, your, your book's out now, is it? Yes, that came out officially on the 1st of Feb. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. So you're now an author. <laughs> Apparently so, yeah. A year later, I am now an author, yes. Oh, well, very good. Yeah, it's a long sort of process, I guess. And is this is this going to be the first of many guides for you, do you think? Or well, what do you see yourself doing in the future then? I did really enjoy the process of writing it. it it's something that... I used to think about what once I got into walking in my early 30s again, I did think, God, wouldn't it be great to write a guidebook? But I never really pursued it. And then the opportunity just happened to come my way, which was really, really lucky. And I snapped it up. And I really enjoyed the process of walking and writing and connecting with people. And now it's about sharing the place with with kinder and here uh, sorry uh sharing the place with other people who go yeah. walking on kinder 
and hearing their stories and seeing their pictures because that's what I that's what I see and experience with Kinder Scout is that people really connect with the landscape and with each other yeah. through through that lens because there are so many stories and memories and like you say there's people who walk the Pennine Way and their journey begins here or ends here mm-hmm. yeah. it's a place full of stories and that's what I try to to capture and I've got a podcast as well um called oh, Wild really? Kinder. and so I interview people about their connection with Kinder Scout and why they feel such a draw to go to come back here time and time again and it might inspire them in a creative way, you know, through like through photography or through poetry. Some people come here just to spend time on their own and are perhaps healing through something that they're grieving about. Some people come just to like reunite with friends and have a, have a really good stomp. And there's obviously a lot of people who go wild camping up there. So it's really, it's a place that has a special it really means something to people not everybody but to a select few and so I interview them and I find that really fascinating and I could easily write another guidebook for Kinder Scout because I haven't even covered (laughs) a quarter of it it was quite hard to select the the routes but I'd love to do one that is maybe more challenging or yeah, covers some of the more challenging routes like Jagger's Clough and Golden Clough. And there's loads that I didn't put in that I sort of feel like was doing it a bit of a disservice, really. <laughs> oh, right. Well, it sounds like that. That 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 sounds like a brief for book two, really, doesn't it? <laughs> I <think laughs> hope <that>. so. <laughs> well, that's been really interesting. It sounds it is a fascinating place and it is a, a great place for everyone. You can. Uh, you can, as I say, I think you can you can almost walk at any level there, really. Um, uh, you can kind of cho- choose it. And it sounds like your book, your book's a great place to start. So it, it's been fascinating talking to you and it's been lovely hearing, uh, I think, your enthusiasm for Kinder Scout and your your passion for the area. And I'm sure that that will come through in your book, which is which is somewhat unique, really. So uh, thank you very much for talking to me. And uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, well, to book two, really. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Take, take care. Bye. Bye. And that was Sarah Lister talking about her new book about Kinder Scout. Uh, I did a little Googling after our talk, and it turns out that um, Kinder comes from a very, very old language. And actually, uh, I think its meaning has actually been lost in uh, in time. Scout comes from, I think, scut, which is an old Norse word. And that means an overhanging rock, probably about the cliffs on the on, on the edge of, of Kinder. So there you are. There's that mystery solved. And um, if you, you'd like to hear about my adventures on Kinder Scout and my early and even more recent uh, adventures on the on the Pennine Way. Um, they're both in my books, The Last Hill Walker and Bothy Tales. I do hope you've enjoyed listening to this show, and do come and listen again. Thanks very much. <laughs>